I am Soft boy Doll hands Fast walk <laughs> so I guess that's from Fish Center. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I don't know if I can do the show with these headphones. They're so quiet with this with this new setup that we're doing. Uh huh. I oh yeah, they're it, it's quiet in my headphones. Just turn your monitor up. Turn uh, our monitor. No, no, you're, you're. No, no, no. This is super quiet. Yeah, like, like I, I can barely hear myself. Like it's gonna freak me out. But this guy is happy, right? Yeah. And we're recording now for that. When I have. My other headphones, the ones I use, they sound better. Well, it's it's more open air, Mm. so I can hear the world better. Ah, I see. See, you're used to things being super quiet with your noise isolating studio headphones. Right. Since we changed our setup, I've not been using noise isolating studio Mm. setup, uh, noise isolating headphones. I've been using open air headphones, and while I thought I sounded kind of weird, I could hear you fine. But that's because it was from your mouth to my ears. Now that I'm hearing you through the mix, the mix, it uh, 108.9, the mix. I mean, we can trust that the main mix sounds okay. Mm-hmm. The backup mix will not sound shitty, mm-hmm. but the monitoring mix fucking sucks. Boy, the the the, st- the stuff we have to put up with to do this show. <laughs> I, I guess I'll get used to it, or I have to go see if my headphones are my backpack upstairs. But uh, I'll do that after the pre-show. I'll suffer for the, you. The story behind that song is is one of the guys on, uh, is, you know, it, it's four guys who, it's a radio show basically, mm-hmm. and one of them uh, was was being called a soft boy by the others. So they made, so the, the guy who makes songs made a song to them called Soft Boy, which is a parody of that doll from Doll Parts song. from yeah, because yeah. uh, they all said he had doll hands, and so <laughs> that's it, it, there's, there's lots of little references and stuff in there, but. Well, we should have a lot of shit to talk about in the pre-show, huh? I mean, with April Fool's Day Ugh. being yesterday. Ugh. Yeah, sick of April Fool's Those Day. Those motherfuckers that ECC blog, the Elliptic Curve Encryption blog yeah. post. So you sent that. I, First thing I checked was the date right. the story April was Fool's, published. And it wasn't. It was March 31st. It was a legitimate blog. It was ponderous and dense and inconceivable oh i i could not understand heads i had no heads or tails of what the hell was going on but you know it, it's math that i it's, it's math i have not, no concept of anyway so I'm just like all right well this this until it got to the point where it's like you got to increase your encryption key bit size to 3072 was the first part of intelligible yeah. um tech talk techno babble that i could actually understand and uh, so I posted it in a, a, one of the Slack channels at work, you know, not like the, oh, my God, we got to worry about this, mm-hmm. but more the, the geek stuff one. And then I saw your tweet this morning saying apparently it was April Fool's. I'm like, but but it was dated March 31st. And I went and checked the blog post. and They had fixed the posting date. Uh-huh. I'm like, motherfuckers. Funny April Fool, almost as good as the um, mic drop on Gmail. Apparently, I, I I didn't like bother to read what what any of that was about. So that thing went over like a lead brick. They added uh, a button to Gmail for April Fools. It was yellow instead of the normal colors, and it was mic drop. And it was basically instead of like send an archive, it was send an archive and mute. And put a minions gif in the email of the minion dropping a microphone. Mm. And that sounds dumb. 
So, but but here's the unintended consequences. They presumably did not test. They only tested this against base Gmail, not with people who had Gmail Labs turned on mm -hmm. and the send and archive button turned on. Because what it did in that case is instead of going beside the send button, it replaced the send and archive button. So there was a lot of people who had send and archive turned on and didn't notice the change. And they sent mic drop emails <laughs> in a business consequence. And it, it didn't last eight hours before Google had to pull it off, yeah, the, off yeah. of Gmail. So it was like... I, so I'm of two minds, right? I uh, Part of me is like, sorry, your free email service pissed you off. Right. <laughs> Maybe pay some money and you would have never seen this. <laughs> um, because if, if you're paying Gmail, like Google Apps or Google Domain Customer... It Not would have that. never came in, right? It's only for the free service. Um, the other one is, uh, if you're pissed off enough, go use Yahoo Mail. <laughs> <laughs> and see how that works yeah. for you. Hotmail. Mm-hmm. But then the other part of it is, you know, it's I still kind use of, my Hotmail account. It's kind Why of... It, it's a little overreaching for an April Fool's joke. It would have been more appropriate if... It would have displayed something funny to the send or the the sendee, yeah. the yeah. person whose account clicked the button, as opposed to actually doing something unseen in an email that was going out to somebody else. Yes, yeah. But it was a button, and they the, the other thing was, and it was like and mute, right? So like, there's a mute feature in Gmail, and basically, oh, so you couldn't like, even get responses from right, right, from... because the mute feature is like. Okay, I really don't care about this thread. Mm. Mute it, and I'm not going to see any new updates to this thread unless I go looking for them. So when people clicked the mic drop button, you know, if someone replied to their mic drop email, it wasn't apparent that yeah, there was there a reply. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the, the consequences of what you were doing were not especially laid out, it sounds yeah. like. Yeah. Brilliant. And so there was that. I... I Put, did put the link on our Slack of, of Think Geek selling a Plumbus, which I thought was funny. Not really selling it? No, it's a oh. April Fool's joke. Oh, but, too bad. Because, I mean... It was a little pricey. Doesn't everybody already have a Plumbus anyway? <laughs> I don't know. They could really sell a bunch of those. Maybe not for 50 bucks, but... Oh, they, oh, they, they could easily sell like Plumbuses, sure. But 50 bucks might be a little high in the price point. Probably, yeah, they could sell a plush thumb. A plush Plumbus... Plush Plumbus for uh, for twenty bucks, I bet. And sell a shitload ton of them. I don't know if they sell a shit ton, but they would sell some. But as I, much as many I, I think, of Adult other... Swim is playing their merchandising things very close. They're not, they don't want to go overboard. I think that's the right okay. move. You know, because you remember the Simpsons. Yeah, but the Plumbus. It took me a while to remember the episode where they yeah. talked about the Plumbus and what the Plumbus was. It's not like it. It's not like it was the Wubble of a Dub Dub, or, you know? or, or Mr. Meeseeks or something. Yeah, like that. yeah, yeah. But uh, it's a. I mean, it's funny. I, I mean, especially that because that episode had the it wasn't the best episode, but it did have that how how it get how it's made thing about the plumbus. Right. Yeah. Did you see the video on Thinking? I did see the video. I mean, that was entertaining. The way yeah. it was, it was kind of Mad Money. You know, yeah. it was a little overdone for my taste, but. Of course it was overdone. It was April Fool's Day, man. <laughs> I 
So one of the unattended, you might have seen my tweets. You might, I've turned into a political tweeter all of a sudden. Um, so I registered for the yeah, Republican well, yeah, Party I for did, I did see. I registered for the public Republican Party, you know, because it seemed like fun. And unattended um, bonus is I can attempt to vote fucking Daryl Metcalf out of the State House of Representatives. Who this guy is a raging asshole of human shit. Yeah, I mean, you were pulling stuff from like 2003 and stuff like that. He's been been around for a while. This He's been around like... since 1999. And he's been a pile of human shit since about 2003. He um, is staunch concern. Guns, no gays, no immigrants, no... Um, he, he, he was One of his things was he was majority leader and he wouldn't even let like uh, something go to the floor. Like uh, an LGBT yeah. thing go to the floor. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he is a pile of shit, and I get to vote him. Out. I get to attempt to vote him out in the primary. Um, the guy that's running against him tried to run against him the last two times. I think it was the last two times. I think the first time he actually wasn't on the ballot because Metcalf sued him, like and like they found a loophole where he didn't do something right, so he got yanked off the ballot. And then I think I think the I think two years ago he was on the ballot. He's getting name recognition. I don't know. I I just don't think enough people know what an asshole Daryl Metcalf is. I think. Well, you gotta lead that charge. It looks like that. I mean, that's what you're doing. Trying. Yeah. I I, I almost want to stand outside my polling pay, place, well, like you know, <laughs> and like be like, Daryl Metcalf is a racist bigoted asshole type plaque well if 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 you believe the trump phenomenon at least 30 percent of of the republican party is like all on board that train yeah so yeah the more racist the more bigoted the better oh my god and so those tweets like i was tweeting like links to news stories and i wasn't really cherry picking all that hard if you search for daryl metcalf and click on news under google you're not going to find good stuff. No one writes good stories about Daryl Metcalf. Yeah. The only good story would be like, you know, he did a prayer on the steps of the Capitol with his guns. Uh, you think you're like you're living in a place that's more progressive and it isn't. It, it's, it's almost, it's embarrassing that, you know, I live in the district of the notoriously asshole state representative speaker of the house or not speaker of the house but you know like you said when he wouldn't let the guy speak he was at one point a speaker apparently yeah i think terzai is the speaker right now and, and i can't figure that guy out i've met him a couple times in person seems like a great guy but he's the guy that's been quoted on the Daily Show about voter ID laws, like you know, like like railing hardcore against like if we pass these laws, we're going to win the election type thing. You know, mm-hmm. you know, you you probably seen that quote, and um, he's in the district just south of us, the district where my Boy Scout troop was, and he's come to Eagle ceremonies. He seems like a really nice guy. He's a really nice guy. And I was really disheartened to see how politicized you know he was in the whole voter id thing yeah well i mean 
you have to play some of that game a little bit. I don't know. I don't have a good answer for for that kind of stuff. It's it's all shit. All, all I know is is this was a really bad week for Donald Trump, like a really bad week. What's it? See, I missed that. Oh, uh, he well, he'd had a huge like a couple of big blunders. Did you see his abortion one in particular? No, no I didn't see this. So he um, he was asked. First of all, he he did these two interviews, one with the Washington Post, one with the New York Times, where like the Washington Post one, you can listen to the audio, and the New York Times has an entire transcript. And you might be able to listen to the audio. I don't know. At one point, he hit on like this, it's suddenly hitting on one of the people in the in the Washington Post room. Like, oh, you're gonna. Oh, but I mean, he just sounds like a fucking nincompoop. Like you wouldn't believe like how much how much of an idiot like. I get the whole Trump, uh, some of the, you're watching him do a rally and, and you're watching him give a speech and it's kind of, uh, there's a charm there. But when mm. he's sitting down just talking person to person, he is, ugh, it, it's... I bet. I mean, but... The ignorance know, is palatable. Even when he's giving a talk, you know, it's a very weird style. Like, yeah. I'm thinking of when he's talking about the wall and it was on last week's night. It was like, you know, he kind of like threw out the devil's advocate in a rally you're like you know 30 foot wall you know 30 you know there's no way they're getting down on the other side well they could use a rope but yeah. and they went on you know it's, it, it was interesting you know john or um, john oliver was making fun of him or whatnot, but i kind of looked at it on a side angle like that's that's interesting his um even uh What's the word? Even giving credence well, I, to... As, as the words are coming out of his mouth, he's like, uh, I guess that's a pretty dumb idea. And then, at least he had, he had enough... But everyone else yeah. is like, you know, they've they've worked up their dumb ideas, mm-hmm. and they're not going to... Right, it's, it's become... It, it, yeah. I mean, the wall is a religious thing now. It's not a... Uh, it, it's no, not practical. It, it's... It's an idea that, that they're going to stick to because it's a tenant. It's, mm-hmm. it's a core tenant. It has nothing to do with whether it's practical or whether it would actually ever get done. Right. It's just, it's a rallying cry at this point. Uh, but, so he, first, the first thing that happened is there was a town hall and he went up against Anderson Cooper. And it really was, I felt, uh, a question of, okay, who's more popular, Anderson Cooper or Donald Trump? Uh, Anderson Cooper won. Uh, he told Donald Trump, you know, like Donald, he was talking about the Ted Cruz, the Heidi Cruz stuff, and he, and Donald Trump was like, "Well, he starred it," and and Anderson Cooper was like, "That's an argument of a five year old." And Trump didn't have an answer for it, and except for to say, "Excuse me, excuse me, look, blah blah blah," and he tried to. Anyway, one of the interesting thing about it is, you know, every time he was on like Megyn Kelly's th- show and she mm-hmm. said something, he would tweet not like nonstop how horrible she was mm-hmm. not a thing about that from Anderson Cooper nothing like that at all then he so obviously there's a women thing going on then he gave an interview where he was asked about abortion uh and how he's changed his mind on abortion because he used to be like super pro-choice and now he said and he said not only should abortion be illegal but that we should punish women who get I, I did hear that part yeah and that's like no, even the you know the the pro life movement, the staunches of them are not that far gone. And so they're like, "What? No, that's not what we want." Uh, and he had to walk back from that. And his ratings from like all women across the political spectrum have just basically bottomed. 
They were already super low. They were already super low. They were only like 20% of Republican women at the time, you know, which was probably less than, well, you know, 8% of all Mm -hmm. women. Right. And so you can find there are isolated women who are still for Trump. But I mean, uh, if you look at the, the general look at things, it does not look good for Trump. It's it's kind of crazy to me that that's the bridge. To, I mean, it's bad. It's deplorable. But is it really that much more deplorable than the bigotry and racism? That no, he's no. But, but you know, it, it finds I find it interesting that the people that are okay with all the other bigotry, but you know, punishing abortion. Well, you got to look at it like, um, uh, look at it like. Um, hmm. like a brick wall. Like he has, he has a giant brick wall around him, uh, and people are attacking him from all sides. And some things get through, but there's still more wall. So it's like, at, at a certain point, though, everything starts to collapse because just sure. So too much gets attacked, and there's no. But there's, there's things no that sh- there's like there's things that would have crumpled your average politician. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And and it made him stronger, you know. It was like anti kryptonite for right. him. And I just find it kind of as like personally interesting that this was the bridge too far. It, yeah, it, it's that you know, like okay, so there's a person out there who thinks that these six bigoted things is okay, but you know that this one wasn't. And just kind of looking at the differences between all of them. Now that I think about it, maybe the best way to look at it is like a Jenga tower. Like yeah, you can pull yeah. one thing, but all you know it gets more and more unstable, and eventually, it's going to topple. Uh, yeah, and you're like, well, maybe that's maybe you that's pulled it. that one thing early, and it wouldn't have done. Maybe anything. maybe it is. Every I mean, so the Jenga tower, right? Everyone expected it to topple six months ago, mm-hmm. and he exceeded everyone's expectations. This is the there is like no legitimate piece left to pull on the tower. The next piece that's getting pulled is causing it to fall down. Right, yeah. You know. So good. <laughs> uh and I, so well, is it good? I mean, we're getting Ted Cruz if we don't, right? Well, there's there's no way Ted I don't think there's a, well, it's possible, but unlikely that Cruz will get enough to get the number the full number of delegates needed. So you could have a brokered convention. That could be anybody. In fact, I mean, if the GOP is smart, they'll draft Paul Ryan again. And Paul Ryan will win. That'd be crazy. Them pulling someone who isn't even running for president. It's only crazy in like, from the way we look at it. But I mean, yeah, modern history. I mean, it used to be that the party picked. But there's no wigs anymore. So it's crazy. (laughs) Uh, yeah, I guess Rubio. I saw, I did see a news story about like Rubio's like trying to hold on to his delegates or something for a broker convention or something. Yeah, they're all going to try. Um, but I guess the article made it sound like that's unprecedented. You know, someone who's dropped out of the election. Yeah. So, it's all unprecedented at this point. So. <laughs> the art, you know, the news organization. How great would it be if this actually destroyed 
the Republican Party as we knew it or something like this. I know that's hyperbole, but, you know, like actually something actionable and different. They need a good scrubbing. I mean, I think a legitimate Republican Party that is. um... Is Rince Priebus still the chairman? Yes, yes. How come I've not heard his name or seen him? Rince Priebus. How come I've not. You missed the story about how Donald Trump met with him the other day. Uh, I mean, it's just like. I was wondering if he was still the guy because, like, I haven't heard his name mentioned in six months. Well, or more, I mean, right but... now the Republican Party apparatus is not exactly running the show, so. Yeah. You think he would? His name would still be uh, involved, but. Rince Priebus, Plumbus, Plumbus, Rincher Plumbus, everybody, Rincher Plumbus. Oh boy. And then... Oh boy. Oh boy. Yeah, I get to vote against Daryl Metcalf. I'm happy. Cool. When is the uh, primary? Um, April 20 something. April 20 something. Cool. A tu- whatever Tuesday falls in the 20 somethings of April. I don't know which one, if mm. both do, or if there's two. <laughs> I will find out. I'm sure I will find out before the day. So, uh, a. About a couple of shows ago, I mentioned that I like what I thought was what got me into physics, or just really study. But I finally remember what it was. What it was that like got me into actually studying this stuff, as opposed to just sort of being okay. a fan. It was me trying to understand the definition of a second. That's a fun one, because you know you you, you read the definition. Here's the definition: uh, the duration of you know about nine point one. Uh, 9.1 million cycles of radiation corresponding to the transition between two hyperfine levels of the ground state of the cesium-133 atom. So, okay, I recognize that the you know 9.1 gigahertz is, is what we're talking about, but what are the hyperfine levels of the ground state? What does that mean? And so I, I, I went to look into that, and all I could find was math and nonsense. And I was like, well, I want to know. And so I just kept going and uh, it, it takes a while to, to, to learn what that means. I, uh, okay. I, I was under the impression that they had updated the definition of a second to being distance of light or something. It, it's still cesium vibrations. Uh, it's under the SI. Okay. They, update, they did update the definition because they wanted to clarify. So they say it refers to a cesium atom, uh, at uh, uh, at sea level, so one atmosphere, um, at rest at a temperature of zero Kelvin. Okay, I mean that was so obviously you can't you can't get an atom at a temperature of zero Kelvin, but you know it's that's the the right the hard definition. That was more or less the definition of a second when we were in high school. Yeah, and I was for some reason I was under the impression that they switched over to. Uh, a distance traveled. They did that photon. for the meter, or they're trying to. Oh, maybe that's it. Maybe yeah. that was meter. Yeah, I guess. I guess yeah, because how can you measure? Yeah, maybe that was it. Maybe because it wouldn't make sense for a second. You'd have to actually have like this standard distance, and then you know, you know, actually they're try. I think I think there's yeah. some effort to try to do it with with fundamental constants, like dimensionless constants, which would be the way you want to define mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so the meter is defined as as the length of how far light travels in in one second. 
or, or how how far light travels uh, over this period of time. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's 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 crazy. Right. I mean, the the most interesting SI advancements are coming in defining the kilogram, defining a unit mm-hmm. of mass. And for people that aren't following this, the 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 cliff notes is it is surprisingly difficult to measure a specific number of atoms. Mm-hmm. You know, it sounds hard for people that somewhat know what you're doing, but for people who really know what you're doing, it is like crazy difficult. Well, so, the universe, in, in some ways, the universe doesn't let you do that. Well, sure. But what I'm saying is, you know, someone who's moderately scientifically literate, you can say, you know, a kilogram is 25 billion hydrogen atoms or whatever, you know. I'm just making a right, number yeah. up, right? Nice round number. And, but actually getting those 25 billion hydrogen atoms on a scale, it, it, and not 25 billion and 25, you know, what accuracy do you need? Right, yeah. You know, that kind of thing. So that's the problem with the kilogram and, and people that aren't even following this closely. The only SI unit that is based on a relic, an artifact, is the kilogram. And the kilogram is defined by weighing exactly as much as a platinum cylinder in France. Mm-hmm. So, you know, aliens have no notion of a kilogram. And technically it's not weighing, right? Because the kilogram is, is well, it's, bal- it's balancing yeah. against this. Yeah. Um, balancing against this platinum iridium cylinder in France. It would sure be nice if you could put that into a computer and say that this platinum iridium cylinder is so many atoms exactly of this platinum iridium alloy. Yeah, but when you get really down to it, you're you're dealing with uh, uncertainty at all. But that's not the that's it. not that's not the that's not the practical problem they're dealing with, right? They're not dealing with the uncertainty part of the problem. They're dealing with the actual counting to a degree that is still certain. But I mean, even if you even if you could exactly count the atoms, you don't know necessarily the energy states they're all in, and therefore you can't actually say what their mass is. Um, as far as I know, that's not even the problem they're having issues with, right? They're they're having that's that's college level problem, right. and they're having problems with elementary school level problem. Right. Okay. So it's not even getting that close to what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. I'm Mm -hmm. not discounting what you're saying. I'm saying that when I said surprisingly difficult, it's the elementary school version of the problem that's surprisingly difficult, let alone the college level PhD version of the problem. (laughs) It's definitely funny because when you do deep dive into it, as far as I go, you start to see problems with everything. Like all, all the. Everything's an approximation, right? Everything's an approximation, and everything that you're told in the pop size stuff is at least like fifty percent incorrect, or at least fifty percent kind of cludging the numbers. We've, we've talked about that before. Yeah. Learning about um, atoms in the orbitals or the mm-hmm. uh, orbits, orbits, I guess first of, of of electrons. Right. You know, we learn. You know, the first orbit has two, or the orbital has two, and the second one has eight, and and then, you know, a couple years later, oh, that stuff we've learned two years ago, that's not true. Here's what's really true. I was so mad. I was like, what the fuck? 
But you got to learn the basics before you learn a rough. You have to learn a rough yeah. approximation, or you don't have to. But they found that it's effective to teach you the rough approximation. Yeah. I mean, it's also like when you're dealing with, you know, infinity and they teach you infinity is the first thing they teach you is infinity is you just, it's a bigger, it's so big a number. You can just keep adding numbers to it and then you get into it and no, it's not actually a number. It's more of a concept. And then you start to realize, well, it's kind of an array of concepts because there's an infinity you're dealing, cause you're really talking about sets. So like, okay, so there's the number of real numbers between one and two, there's an infinite number, but there's also an infinite number of real numbers between one and five. And there are no numbers in that set of one and two that are in the set between two and five. So that's a smaller cardinality of infinity that one and two versus the one through five, but there's still infinity, right? But you're just dealing with an infinity of of cardinal numbers as opposed to something else. It, It gets, it starts to blow your mind. It starts to be like, well, then what are we talking about then? And you're just like, well, you're talking about objects. I get you. And we've talked a lot recently about giant numbers. Mm-hmm. Numbers vastly beyond the number of combinations of things in the universe. And when you start thinking about that whole concept, I think it helps with infinity a lot. Yeah, it, it helps you understand that numbers aren't what math is really about. Numbers is... aren't about counting things yeah. anymore, right? I mean, for most people... Most adults, they've never mm-hmm. thought about numbers hard enough to realize that numbers could be on, be beyond counting things. Right. And when you start talking about the multi-Google numbers. I think it's helpful in some sense that we work in, in computers because we're used to numbers or a string being assigned to some, a, being a signature of a value, but not that value itself. Or, or notation, right? Yeah. I mean, there's hex notation, there's octal mm-hmm. notation binary notation you know that helps too most adults are familiar with exponential notation but they're not familiar with arrow notation yeah so you know i it only took me a few minutes to get accustomed to what arrow notation represented but also i had this reflective moment of like oh i never really thought that hard about exponential notation and how that is a notation, you know, the definition of notation versus the number line numbers. Right, right, a number written out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and so I had this moment of reflection about from going from arrow notation to exponential, I'm like, exponential gained a new level of clarity to me that never had. That's cool. So. Good stuff. Yeah, there's, there's lots to learn and... and the the interesting thing the the most fun thing about learning is how much you realize you don't know when you learn something how much you how how much your horizons are opened up and you realize wow I don't know the answer to that at all and in in some sense uh, you get to a a point where you really like w- with that with that uh, encryption thing mm-hmm. I mean I wasn't even going to start to bother to try to to learn the math I was like well all right if they say so, because I, okay. I get deep into the particle physics. If I can read papers and stuff like that, I'm my whole point of, uh, I keep saying to other people, when they started talking about multidimensional math, my spidey sense went off. And that's when I checked the P 
publishing date of the uh-huh. article. And since it wasn't 4 one I'm like, must be legit. I see legit. no reason they can't use multidimensional math. I mean, that's, math is about multiple degrees of yeah. freedom. I see no reason sure. they can't okay. use multiple dimensions of math and that sort of, sort of thing. But It did set off my spidey sense, and that's when I checked the date that it was published. But what I'm saying is, like, I, you don't have to be smart to learn what to know what I know about this stuff. You just have to get into it. You don't have to be mm-hmm. smart to know the encryption stuff. You just have to get into it. You don't. So, but it, it's a specialized field, and you start to realize how little you know about those fields when you get deep into yours. What are your uh, thoughts about Double Black here? It was good. It was good. It didn't seem to have the nuance that their Black Ale has, or Black Lager has. Right, their Black Lager has this really complex. We had the same atoms. Double black, part of this lager six pack they mm-hmm. sent us, and um, you know they were straight up black ale. I thought that you know, it was really. Well, this is a lager, not ale. It's, it's like a, it's a well, double no, Schwarz beer. Double, well, that's it. But they have the black lager, right? I, I misspoke when I said earlier when I said ale, but they had the black lager. This is the imperial version of it. And it was roasty. It had some, you know. I still, yeah, I, I still okay. taste the melanoidins on it. Yeah, it, it was okay. I, I think that their straight up black lager is better. I wasn't really, you know analyzing it so mm-hmm. but you know when i have black lager it seems to like catch me this one you know just kind of passed by tweets tweets uh i tweeted about daryl metcalf a lot yes you did uh to anyone who defends the star wars prequel let me just say dello felegates that should uh that should be the end of that. Uh, the Big Bang Theory is the Wheel of Fortune of comedies. <laughs> so I, I made this realization because did you see the there was the clip of the guy who went on Wheel of Fortune and just like aced it, boom, 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 boom. Um, I don't know if you saw that. I didn't see it. Now I'm only hoping that he didn't clap and play along with the whole how much fun I'm having. If he would have just been like matter of fact and be like fuck you, Pat Sajak. Well, it, it that would have been great. It was more like he. I mean, he 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 answered one of the uh, one of the answers with just one letter and an ampersand. Hey, he, got he didn't build the bank. He, he no, because he why would you? More, I mean, he went. I mean, you can build more money, but you're risking a bank. Yeah, you can build more money, but the the big money is always at the end, yeah. and you risk dropping yourself out from a random chance thing, as opposed to if you know the answer, yeah. just yeah. go for the answer. Uh, That's interesting because usually people will try to bank. Well, apparently they'll spin, they'll spin like several times before yeah. you know when the answer is apparent because they're they're just making money. So this is this is a guy who apparently goes or is is on like a wheel, wheel of fortune message board where they do strategy. So this guy knew okay. optimal strategy. It's like you know if you go into blackjack, you know optimal mm-hmm. strategy. Right. This, so this guy wasn't. Oh. Gonna, wasn't going to play. Oh, that sounds that sounds the most tedious and painful thing I can imagine. <laughs> I I hate I, I don't I like Jeopardy. I don't mind Jeopardy. I shouldn't say I like it. I don't mind Jeopardy. But oh my god, watching the Wheel of Fortune is awful. Well, see, here's the interesting thing about the Wheel of Fortune. Why I compared it to the Big Bang Theory in the first place. It's the only show that is dumb enough that everyone sort of hates it, but is intriguing enough that it's still around forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> there's there's some part of you that will watch an episode of Wheel of Fortune. You won't necessarily like it, but okay, and, and there's some part of me that's well, like I mean, I guess there, I guess you I like, guess you want to guess it before any yeah. before any of the players guess it or before anyone else in the room guesses it. 
And there, there's some part of you that will watch The Big Bang Theory and you'll be like, okay, these jokes are mostly dumb. These performances are pretty good. And occasionally there is a good joke in there. Mm-hmm. It's not just a shit show. So there is something to be said for both The Wheel of Fortune and The Big Bang Theory. Not that they're excellent st- material, but that they've stood the test of time. Uh, I came to... This is sort of big because I was talking with people about like how Pat Sajak looks and how Pat Sajak was like reacting to it. And they were saying, I bet Pat Sajak drinks. And I said, I, I'm sure he does. <laughs> uh, if you were the host of Wheel of Fortune for 30 years, you'd be drinking too. But that's a much... I Hey, uh, I bet he... You know, that's good. I'd rather he drink than like diddle kids like some of the other ridiculous stuff that we see these guys do. So yeah, let him drink. But also, I mean, yeah, he has, he's been doing it for 30 years because, well, he can never get past it, but it's a good gig. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a, a good gig. So I don't blame I'm, him I'm sure all. Alex Trebek doesn't love mm-hmm. reading questions, yeah. reading, what, 65 questions every day, five days a week. It's a good gig, though. It's a good gig. It's like when I was I caught an episode of I forget the name of the show, but it's a show that has Whitney Cummings and um, all the guys on that midnight. Chris, Chris oh, Dilla. Undate- well, no, it's not a date. Undateable. Undateable. I caught an episode of that, right? And it's the jokes are so bad, and it, it's now I know at midnight has writers, yeah, but you can generally feel the wit of the comedians. And you're watching these three comedians, which are hilarious on that midnight, and they're awful and undateable. And part of me is like, why would these guys even do this show? But, I mean, that's the gig they're in, right? It's a good gig. It's the gig they're in. And if they get fucking syndicated, it's like every time that they have um, Night in the Museum guy on that midnight. Uh, uh, Tom Lennon. Tom Lennon, right? Yeah. They always talk about his Night in the Museum royalties, right? It was a good gig. Mm-hmm. And now he can do whatever the fuck he wants. Yeah. You know? And and he's proud of it, you know? And and I wish all those guys could get that. Yeah, you know, exactly. And, and not have to do undateable. I mean, th- that's the great thing is that he can, yeah, now he can produce stuff like that midnight. He can produce, mm-hmm. you know, crazy stuff like a bajillion dollar properties. This is a new thing I've been watching. Okay. Um, yeah, he can do that, and uh, because he has all this money, <laughs> but, you know, Dan and, Harmon got that gets point. a regular check, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, Dan Harmon got that point from the community. I mean, it got mm-hmm. it got six seasons. It got to the point where it's it's just it's a pure money maker now. It, he just gets checks. Um, yeah, so people who do, you know. 10 years on the Big Bang Theory. You know, when it finally gets canceled, it'll be interesting to see what these guys can do with their paychecks. Do they do another schlub show? Or do they do something interesting? Well, you look at what happened with Friends, right? Because Friends is the last example of yeah. this kind of thing. And yeah. uh, they... I guess you could say Seinfeld, sort of, but Friends was... Yeah, Friends is a better comparison. Yeah, a better comparison. They and... didn't really... No one really broke out. Jennifer Aniston was the biggest. Yeah, I mean, Lisa Kudrow tried with that HBO right. show, but it wasn't very good. Right, Matt LeBlanc sort of had a mini comeback with a shitty show. Uh, Matt LeBlanc did a Friends spinoff, right? Yes. So, yeah. I mean, he wasn't he wasn't taking his money to do something truly good. He was yeah. trying to just stay on the gravy train, mm-hmm. right? Um, what else happened? So yeah, I mean, you haven't heard anything from. Uh, 
from all the other people? (laughs) Well, Schwimmer's in that new OJ thing. Uh, What's his name? Uh, Chandler flew around to different things and never really found the spot. But what's the other one? Monica. Oh. She kind of never... She did, I think, the Scream movies. (laughs) Yeah. And then nothing. Yeah. I mean, I guess it goes to show how hard it is, right? I mean, but were any... But also, like, she has plenty of money. I mean, she got... Like, at the end, she was getting a million per episode. Yeah. Maybe they didn't have to work. But were any of those people... You know the same level of comedian as you know, uh, you know the ones we're you know the ones we're talking about. The, who's the guy that's like the champion of at midnight? The black guy, Ron uh, Funches. Funches, you know, Funches is most of his stuff. Does I mean, there you can tell when the, his jokes don't come from the writers. Right. You know, you know he's a funny guy. You know, well that's what see... that's what you can bring the comparison to Seinfeld. Like you know, Jason yeah. Alexander did, yeah. did some stuff. You just don't. Julie, Louis Dreyfus is really the one who's, who has yeah. the you know yeah. the biggest. Thing. You're right, but you know you don't. You look at Ron Funches and like who was the Ron Funches or Whitney Cummings of Friends? And you're like, I don't know. They all seem like you know empty suits compared. Well, to... Well, I mean, yeah. Well, Funches has has a. Has had an act before the show. He wasn't just yeah. an actor who... Um, oh, maybe that's it. Maybe, you know, I'm thinking of it differently where those guys were just actors and, you know, Undateable is a different beast where it's yeah. staffed with comedians. Right. Maybe that's it. It's a different sort of thing. It's sort of... I mean, you look at the, the who the funniest people on Community, well... Uh, Joel McHale, obviously he had an act before then, and mm-hmm. Donald Glover, who had, had brilliant yeah. stuff. and uh, it's, it, it's still a funny well, dude, Chevy Chase, right? I mean... Chevy Chase is past his prime, but he, know, he knows how to do a fall, and yeah. and he knows how to land some of those lines if you if you apparently take, you know, do 40 takes. Um, <laughs> wow. And, and they found, and, and they found a great comedic actress in Gillian Jacobs, mm-hmm. uh, and the rest of them, you know, Alison Brie was was decent enough, and and um, uh, Yvette Nicole Brown mm-hmm. uh, did a good did a good job with the material she was given, and so did Danny Pudi. Mm-hmm. So I mean, they all they all did very good jobs. It was so I saw just saw Alison Brie on that midnight. She was on a couple weeks ago, right? And I really haven't seen her out of character from Community. And it was like it was kind of shocking at first how dirty she was. She is a uh, yeah. She's like a little. Uh, What's what's a good what's a good comparison? To? I'm not sure. Uh, she wasn't Annie. <laughs> no, she's kind of more Whitney Cummings like in a way. She yeah. she has yeah. that sort of mm-hmm. not so much edgy but very spunky and and very sexual. Yeah, yeah. And and when she you know was on Community, <laughs> she yeah. was girl next door, country, right. you know, like super innocent and naive, and you know it actually. Knowing who the actress, who Alison Brie is playing that character is actually more funny, I think. Yeah, it's definitely more funny. Uh, but you can also see like how with uh, with Donald Glover, they they let Donald Glover's personality because that character was very different from the beginning yeah. than it than he ended up yeah. being. It it, uh, it was that Donald Glover bleeding his performance into that, right? So okay. What else do we have? 
Um, oh, I saw Batman vs Superman. <laughs> Why? You, you knew it sucked. It you were complaining about it without even watching it. Did you have to watch it just to validate your complaints? Well, I, I had to watch it to know if if to, to be to be able to give a like I I was going by what people said about it, but I hadn't actually watched it. Okay, so okay, gotcha. I'm curious whether you watched it in a theater or someplace else. We won't go there. Okay. Um, let's just say Zach and I didn't get my money. Uh, perhaps I bought a ticket for another show. Okay. Um, let, let me say this. So I, I tweeted about it. My tweet was, it's like someone took a good movie, shattered it, mixed it up, spread it out, and let mold grow between the pieces. Because there is, believe it or not, it's not like a gigantic shit show. There is some compelling stuff in there over the course of this nearly three hour movie but there's so much wrong with it that you're just shaking your head while you're watching like what what why I mean I, I the first hour is like all set up and then there's another half hour of set up <laughs> and like okay so to give you know the story all right, we'll go story structure wise uh, it, it takes about 20 minutes to go through the sort of introduction, all the stuff you already know about the characters anyway. Like the, the Batman, you know, gets his parents murdered. You go through that again. Um, like five different dream sequences. No joke. Batman has five dream sequences. They get stuck into, okay, so they go past the th- threshold where Batman, or Batman says, okay, I got to take care of Superman. Uh, and then they stay in the belly of the whale for like, I don't know, 90 minutes. <laughs> just, they're, they're at the point where, uh, you know, th- this is this is where they're supposed to be discovering, you know, what they're supposed to do and, and, and trying to get to their ultimate goal. Uh, and they just stay there and they just stay there and they just stay there. And then they skip over uh, the meeting with the goddess and like sort of go right into uh, the atonement with the father, which is the fight, the, the real fight. So it takes like an hour, an hour, 45 minutes to just skip to go all through his belly, the well stuff, and then just skip right into the fight. The fight lasts about seven minutes, and then it is stopped, and a whole other plot line comes in where this monster creature comes, and then they're like, all right, well, now we're best friends now, and we're going to kill this monster creature. And it's it's just like, why? There's then 30 minutes of it is then taken up with that. Uh, the story kind of resolves in, in, into a total shit, and there's also all this this disparate elements. This Wonder Woman character comes in out of nowhere, and would like it would be a kind of intriguing character if it was just the very beginning, where she just would you know her Wonder Woman uh, alter ego appears. But that's it. Sort of like a it's it's a side mm-hmm. thing to prepare for the other stuff. But no, then she comes in the fight in the end, and for no reason, and. You're supposed to be all jazz. You're like, well, I don't even know who this character is. There's no, you have no reason to care about any of these people. Uh, Superman wants to, Batman wants to stop Superman because Batman thinks that Su- Superman is a danger, and he's kind of right. Like, <laughs> Superman is not Superman that you and I know. He's not like. I, I was I was watching some some review of it where somebody mentioned like, okay, remember in Superman two when they're fighting Zod. Mm-hmm. 
uh, like they're fighting in a city, and and uh, Zod or one of them picks up a bus, and Superman's like the people, right? Because he cares, and like this Superman would not care at all. He would do with he would pick up the bus, and somebody was like Superman, the people. Right. Uh, he just he doesn't give a shit about these people, and then he has the balls to be like. At, at one point, Superman, there's a whole action scene just set up that Superman is is somehow upset at Batman for being a vigilante. When it's like that's all you've been doing, Superman. You are not any better than Batman in any way. Why would you suddenly come to say you can't do your Batman stuff when you're doing the fucking same thing? Uh, it's so stupid. So what would you, they skipped over the meeting with the goddess? Yeah. What, what you know, just story structure wise, like what would that be? Like, well, how would you squeeze it in there? Well, you could. I mean, so the point is, you're building up. I would say there's there's not a clear protagonist in this movie. Meeting with the goddess is the like the road to trials thing, right? Well, or no. The, the road of trials is, is, is belly the beast road of trials is sort of the okay. same sort of concept okay. the media the media kind of is when uh the the protagonist gets what they want but then they have to pay the heavy price as the tumultuous father so like they they get what they think they want it turns out to okay. not be what they want uh but because of this the road of trials they went through before they're now prepared to to change themselves to 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 actually achieve their their the real goal they they think okay. they were after not the goal they think they were after so in some sense um the meeting with the goddess could be batman learning batman ultimately figuring out getting his plan together and uh, obtaining the kryptonite obtaining I mean, well like actually the meeting with the goddess would probably be batman fighting superman and basically almost winning and then finding out that the he's, of the father is he needs superman to he save he needs superman right yeah okay right so that 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 would be one way to do it I mean that would make sense, right? You have one guy beat the other guy, mm-hmm. or almost mutilate him, kill him, put him out, and then the monster comes in, and you realize you need both, right, to to save. The and that, that, you know, that that is sort of what happens, but it's all so haphazardly thrown together that it just feels it doesn't feel like it's structured at all. It, just, it feels like it's splattered across the screen, and you're just like, oh god, they they missed all like the all the drama here that would make you care about these characters. So in the end, they're fighting the the thing, but you don't care about any of them. <laughs> and if you don't care about the characters and you're just watching this shit on screen, and that is not, that is not to me entertaining. It's certainly not fun. It's just, but I, I will say this. I mean, I knew what I was getting into. Right. Uh, and so it didn't shock me with it. And it wasn't, and like I said, there were like legitimately. You, if there was an editor involved, you could probably make a good like eighty minutes thing out of this. There's stuff you could do with this with with some of the way it was shot. I mean, you know, there's definitely a lot of money put into it. Um, if you had some more character moments, if you if you bothered to tell to to find a story that was worth telling instead of having eight or nine different. Uh, plot threads that go nowhere and you're trying to introduce all your other like the scene with Aquaman like what the fuck was that about there's, there's a little scene where 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 um 
Batman sends Wonder Woman stuff that he stole from Lex Luthor, which is like this, uh, <laughs> this, this like press packet about these other heroes. Uh, like the, you click on it, it goes zoop, and then there's like videos, and and there, there's one of like the Flash, and it's like some guy picking up milk, and all of a sudden he uh, and he stops a robbery, and that's it. And then there's one of of Cyborg, who I guess is some dude. I don't know what the whole cyber thing was. And there's one of Aquaman, where it's like it's like an underwater camera, and then you see a guy just like swim up to it, look at it for like. It feels like a minute. It was probably like five seconds. It feels like he's like staring at it for a minute. And then he stabs it with his like trident and then swims off. And Okay, let me, let me put it this way. You saw Avengers, right? You saw that. Uh-huh. Um, would you see a, a Hawkeye movie? <laughs> no. Max would. Max would, but... Would, I mean, are Max you, likes you have, Hawkeye. Do you have any interest in like? Do you think anybody has any interest in seeing a Hawkeye movie? No one has any interest in seeing a fucking Aquaman movie. But they shot it on <laughs> Entourage. <laughs> no one is interested in seeing a, a cyborg movie. I suppose you might be able to pull off a Flash movie. That's an interesting character at some level. You can probably pull off a Wonder Woman movie. Definitely could pull off a Batman movie and a Superman movie. But here, I mean, you're starting out with the big event. It's like Marvel built up these characters, right? They they had Iron Man. They made Iron Man 2. Then they made a Thor movie. Then they made a Captain America movie. They made a Hulk movie that didn't work out. They had all these, like, and they introduced other characters in them. And then finally they brought them all together when people, like, cared about what they were. And then you could, mm-hmm. you could tell a story because you didn't have to introduce these characters all at one time. And this was already the Justice League movie, right? Because they had all they had like half the Justice League in it, fighting the, fighting, just a a, a Hulk stand-in essentially. The, the, this creature has no personality. Uh, this creature has no goal other than destruction. It's just dumb. <laughs> so you, you don't know, like you're you're not even sure who to root for, for and. So yeah, it, it it's a it's a bad movie. It's not the worst movie I've, I've ever seen. Uh, it's it's like a five out of ten because, like I said, there are legitimately decent things in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just it is a mess. It is a hot mess. I'm not gonna watch it. I I last Batman movie I tried to watch was the one with Bane. I forget what it's called. Dark Knight Rises. I fell asleep during this fucking thing. And yeah, I that was, that was a it. ponderous movie too. But this is it, it was way better. I didn't even get to the scene where like Heinz Fields like fucking blowing up, you know. And like I like watching Pittsburgh in movies, mm-hmm. right? I watched some pretty shitty movies to see Pittsburgh in movies, and I didn't even make it to the scene where Pittsburgh makes it into the Dark Knight. And yeah. like fucking boring. Yeah. So imagine. Yeah, imagine that, but twice as loud. Uh, and the and not and you're just exhausted, as opposed to just being bored by like waiting for these ponderous scenes. And you're just exhausted because there are eight like there are eight or nine dangling plot threads throughout it, and, and you're like, what am I supposed to be paying attention to? What what the hell is happening? 
and you don't even know for half the movie what the fuck is happening. But it's not like, but you're like, there's something. There, there are a few plot threads that are interesting, and then it just, and then it just falls apart. It gets to the big, the main event, and the main event has is is kind of schlocky, and and but that, I mean, it's what you want. You want to see Batman fight Superman. That's that's on the marquee. Right, right. It's the fucking undercard, as it turns out. But it's on the marquee. It's like what you're waiting for. You're like finally, okay, Batman versus Superman. And that there's some neat things in it, uh, but it's like seven minutes, and then, and then the new shit starts, and then you're like, oh, this shit. It should be about. the Italian job car, or not Italian job. Or, wait, no, no, the um, like the like the best car chase ever in movies. Well, it should be like, but it should be like you know, it should be like twenty minutes. Well, it, it should, should be, be. I mean, Ocean's Eleven is about the build up to the heist, and then they have the heist. Yeah. Right. I mean, <laughs> that's the thing, and then you know, the heist is is satisfying. Uh, Ronan, Ronan, I guess is like one of the best car chases. Okay, on I haven't film. seen Ronan. Um, and uh, you know, so this should be like the Roman, the Ronan of superhero battles, and it sounds like it's like inconsequential. Practically, yeah. There, there. It, it's funny because the Batman versus Superman fight doesn't actually matter in the sense of the, the ultimate outcome of the movie. And there's a, there's a whole action scene that takes place at about an hour in that doesn't actually matter. Uh, Batman is trying to steal this uh, the kryptonite from Lex Luthor, and he kills like a whole bunch of people. Well, yeah, Batman kills people in this one like a lot, um, and is unsuccessful because ultimately he's stopped by Superman going, uh oh, naughty, naughty. And then they cut because Bat- because in the beginning of the scene, Batman put a tracker on it. They cut to the aftermath of another scene you didn't see where Batman stole the kryptonite. Why didn't they just show that scene? <laughs> what the fuck? <sighs> oh, you're making me angry just talking to it's- this. <laughs> it's so dumb. Uh, so I, I just watched the first half of A New Hope with Ali and mm-hmm. Max tonight, right before you came over. And the Vader Obi Wan lightsaber battle—I've never noticed like how lame it is. It's, it's the lamest sword fight it's, ever. It's two old guys hitting each other with with sticks, but and like kind of like slowly poking yeah, each other. Yeah, because it's not about the sword fight. Right. It's about those characters. I don't know, absolutely. But, like, this is the first time I've ever watched it. And then the other thought I had is, you know, the very beginning when the Tanto 4 is pulled into the Star Destroyer and the droids are escaping through the skate pod, and like, there's no life forms, let it go. How much does it cost to blow up a, you know, to shoot a laser at an escape pod? If they would have just blown up that escape pod, no movies. I mean, like, <laughs> no, no billion dollar empire i don't know if there's a if there's a movie out there that doesn't have plot holes in it but if, if the movie's fun enough yeah. you don't care no 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 i'm yeah. just like looking yeah. at it, i'm like if they would have just shot that fucking escape pod luke would have never gotten involved mm-hmm. he would have went to tashi station to pick up some power converters it was the force yeah. it was the force yeah. um i did notice also the very first scene where like all the guard they're getting ready for the um boarding and the droids are talking a little bit and it's 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 a camera b camera it is shitty george lucas movie making I mean, a camera B camera is okay if you use it sparingly. Yeah, it's... but right there, that scene particularly, 
was like, oh my god, <laughs> it's Phantom Menace. I, I I wouldn't. I mean, the the problem with Phantom Menace was that it was every scene was like that. Yeah, yeah. like there. No, I'm I'm not shitting on for I narrative still, expedient. Sometimes that works, but I, I still love New Hope. You know, I'm not yeah. saying I hate the movie, but you know, I'm watching it. I'm like, you know, now with the new critical eye, I'm like. Oh, so George Lucas did suck a bit. Oh yeah, I mean apparently <laughs> yeah. uh the like the first like edit like the George Lucas edit of Star Wars was just a piece of shit. And the only reason that movie got good was because it was edited like totally completely differently than what Lucas wanted. And you see it in mm-hmm. <laughs> in the stuff he, in the other stuff. He yeah. Does. And I guess you can see some of the shots like especially mm-hmm. that first first scene on Tano 4. Uh, yeah, it's it's not engaging filmmaking. It, it's sturdy A camera, B camera, for a bunch of C, for a bunch of shots there. So. But yeah, I still love it because it's my youth. Well, it starts the it, you know, yeah, it's it starts that um, that journey that uh, yeah that that yeah you appreciate from your youth you, that you you played it you played in that universe in, in your mm-hmm. mind. So yep. yeah. It's a good universe. I mean, you got to give him credit for that. It's a good universe. It's Flash Gordon, basically, but it's a good universe. Yeah. You know that, right? He wanted to make Flash Gordon originally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I know. You want to drink Spears? No, let's just go home. Okay. <laughs> That's it. See you later, people. <laughs>